This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It's the Electric Circus, known as Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I am Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and also that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. First things first, Harry, I hope you had a good weekend. I know your Falcons didn't win, but your Cardinals didn't win, so one out of two is not bad. Yeah, great weekend. Was able to get home, actually. I, I left the LSU-Alabama game. Yeah. We're doing college game day. Came back home, yeah. stopped by my wife's dance studio, also uh, her new business. Nice. Got to see her and my daughter. Uh-huh. Went and picked my son up. Yeah. We spent some time all day Saturday watching football together, nice. man. Just a great weekend with the family nice. but but right but, now but right uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. everyone in my house except me yes it's under the weather so i'm walking around my house with a mask on you you, you needed to you should have hung out with me on friday after my wife surprised me by taking me to the rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony oh in our my. hometown of brooklyn new york at the barclays center the home of the brooklyn nets she didn't even tell me where we were going she was just walking around we go to dinner this place called tiny cantina by the way, if you're around the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, I highly recommend Tres Leche's Cake. Unbelievable. They got these tacos. They're wonderful. Believe me, tell them Freddie sent you. Brian's the bartender. He loves to show. He listens to us all the time. But that's another story. So we walked down the block, and I'm thinking we're going to the Brooklyn Academy Museum to see a show there because she said it was in that area. And the Rock and Hall of Fame is right there. Everybody's going in, and next thing you know, we're online. She got tickets. So I had great seats to see Missy Elliott, Shaka Khan, Sheryl wow. Crow. Kate Bush, DJ Kuhork, who invented hip-hop on that night in August back in the 70s that got hip-hop started. The Spinners, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, even though they didn't play, but Tom Morello at Great Streets, Link Ray, Don Cornelius, Peace Lovin', Soul Baby, the creator of Soul Train, <laughs> Al Cooper, also Bernie Taupin, who wrote all those great songs with Elton John. New Edition wore it out during a Spinners tribute. Wore it out. Jimmy Page from wow. Led Zeppelin inducted Link Ray on the screen. He said, I want to induct my mentor and my hero, Link Ray. The lights dim, and Jimmy Page on stage going, down, 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 playing the song Rumble by Link Ray. Believe me, I love my wife all the time. I have never loved her more than on Friday night when that happened. Well, I, I got to give her a major shout-out. Shout-out to Mrs. Coleman mm-hmm. being able to do something very special for you. But it also speaks volume on who she is as a woman. Amen right? to that. Amen you know, to that. Taking you somewhere that she knew you would love and mm-hmm. you know, valuing y'all having the date night and just embracing this. Absolutely. Even though y'all been together for a very long time, mm-hmm. man, I got to give her a major shout-out for that. No doubt about it. She had as much fun as I did. She was thrilled because Missy Elliott came out there and she like a jukebox mailing her hits. And I said, who is this woman that I'm married to? <laughs> Jumping up and down like this in her seat. Who is this woman that I'm married to? So everybody out there had a great weekend. Oh, Harry will be able to feel better. Hope his family's going to feel better. And if you want to feel better, do yourself a favor. Be a part of Freddie Harry Nation on the Dr. Pepper call line. That's 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We want to know from you, who made the biggest statement in the NFL this weekend? 888-729-3776. By the way, ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season. Or Harry does not go <coughs> without the delicious taste of ice-cold Dr. Pepper. It is the one fans deserve. By the way, speaking of feeling better, Daniel Jones, Giant quarterback, has our producer, A.K. Giants fan and apologist, Shannon Penn, not feeling so good. He's even saltier than usual. That comes your way in about 20 minutes. But we get to the main thing that's always the main thing. The main thing, 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 the main thing. The main thing with Freddie and Harry. They are hard to kill, 
especially when you don't kill them. I know that sounds stupid, but that is the case when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And we start the Philadelphia Eagles. Harry, can't put this loss on Dak Prescott. No. People have wanted to, and I knew that everything in terms of right being left, up being down, bad being good, when even the immortal Stephen A. Smith from first take said, I would like to just get on Dak Prescott because he falters in these situations, but I can't. The Dallas Cowboys did everything as possibly right to win this game on the road. In my opinion, Harry, the better team didn't win that game in terms of talent, in terms of execution. The Cowboys were the better team. But when you play the Eagles, if you don't kill them, they will kill you. And the Cowboys found that out. No matter how well Dak Prescott played, no matter how well the offense played, no matter how well the defense played after being down 20-17, to if you don't kill them, a team like the Eagles, a team like the Chiefs, they're going to kill you. And Freddie, I would say I think it's as simple as saying you have to capitalize on every moment when those moments present themselves to you, no matter who the player is, whether it's Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, whether it's Jalen Tobert, whether it's, you know, Brandon Cooks, whether it's uh, Steele, the offensive lineman, who Mm. got, by the way, wore out (laughs) in that football game. Boy, they was on his ass like white on rice. I mean, they wore Steele out. Steel. They they, they they wore steel out. Steel had a long night. Film session for him? Gonna mm. be rough today. Mm. If it mm. if they haven't already had it, it's gonna be rough. But I would say this, man, when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they were going toe-to-toe with them, right? No doubt. And we've seen the Eagle Eagles be a hundred percent on fourth down. So Mike McCarthy and company said, you know what? We can't allow the Eagles to go go forward on fourth downs and, and complete them and get points, and we not do the same thing if we want to win this football game. Mm-hmm. So though they did some of the same things. They were good on third downs. Now, in the red zone, they were three for five, and a lot of people say, you know what? That's excellent. That's good. Well, not so quite, right? Okay, yeah, when t- tell you, the truth. When you get the football at one time – First and six at the six yard line of the Philadelphia Eagles, and you come around, come come away with zero points. Mm-hmm. You have it first and goal at the seven yard line. You come around with zero points. Also, you had a situation three of the last four drives, and those was two of them. And then the last one I'm going to mention is when you know you had the fourth down play. No, excuse me. Before that, you had the um, you did, did have the fourth down play. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I would say about that fourth and one to Schoolmaker is that. I'm a big believer of, be believer of know your personnel. Absolutely. And in certain moments of football games, mm-hmm. you have to go to your guys. And in that moment, did Dak make a good read? Yes, he made a good read, right. but also he made a read to a first-year player, which mm-hmm. is a rookie, mm-hmm. and also a second-year player. Those were the two tight ends on the left side. On the right side, you had CeeDee Lamb in the slot. You had Brandon Cooks. You know, guys that have been there and done it made plays in this league. And Brandon Cooks was wide open. C.D. Lamb did his job going and getting the pick, picking the defender. And Jake Ferguson on the opposite side didn't do his job against Mm. the defender and allowed the defender to come underneath and be able to make the tackle that denied them converting and getting a touchdown on that fourth and one. So in crucial moments – I want the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, KYP, know your personnel. Know who needs the football in certain moments Mm -hmm. of the game. If you have a guy in C.D. Lamb who had 11 catches for close to 200 yards, you're looking his direction all the time. Unless somebody is completely blatantly wide open because of busted coverage, 
you got to go to your, your playmakers. And there were two situations where they didn't do that. On a fourth down, when they had a chance, they had three receivers to one side and a Torbert to the right side, and that's where they went. I'm thinking that play would make sense if C.D. Lamb is the wide receiver on that side. Mike McCarthy, though, I'm putting some of that on him. Not because, some, all. Put because, all of that on because him. Because last week, right, when you're playing the Los Angeles Rams, mm-hmm. you had C.D. Lamb as the ex-receiver uh, by himself. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, why would you not have him as the ex-receiver Thank you. by himself? Thank you. Force the defense to say, you know what? Just like, just like against the Los Angeles Rams, either that safety's going to come down or he's going to double C.D. Lamb. Right. Right? Pick so one. So you, you got to make a decision. And it makes it easier for Dak Prescott to read and say, you know what, this is where I need to go. This is where I can't go based on the coverage. Right. You can't have Jalen Tobert over there. And I know everyone's in the National Football League, but come on, man. Yeah. He, he, he's Jalen Tobert. He ain't C.D. Lamb. Yeah. He's not Brandon Cooks. But nope. that's where the ball went. Which led Dak Prescott to say, "Under a minute left, still got trust that, that we're going to go out there and we're going to we're going to trust and faith uh, just in, in our guys and what the work that we've put in that we're going to get it done." And yeah, we, we got close. Um, we got close. We, we're doing things the right way. Uh, we just got to an inch here, an inch there, uh, make that difference, and we'll find a way to, to to gain that. When you play a team like that, you can't get close. You've got to kill them. The Dallas Cowboys had one, two, three, four opportunities to do that in the fourth quarter. Getting it close with that talent because in a big game situation, let's be honest, that's the best I've seen Dak Prescott play since the first playoff game he ever played versus Green Bay when it took one of the all-time great throws in playoff history by Aaron Rodgers to keep the Cowboys from winning that playoff game. He hasn't played anywhere near until I saw that yesterday. But you can't be close when you play the Eagles or a team like the Chiefs, if you're close, you better kill them. If you don't, the king, in this case, the king of the NFC, is going to kill you in Philadelphia. And, for, and Freddie, I'll say this. The last two drives of that football game, right, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys offensively di- dismantled, right? And there was a person here, a person there, yeah. because they gave up three sacks. Yeah, the, the moment and got too big la- in that situation for a couple of those guys. Three sacks, you had the penalties, Right. And, and then also, like I mentioned, the KYP, know your personnel, know who needs to get the football in certain situations. But they just dismantled for them to have the football at the Philadelphia seven yard line, at the mm-hmm. Philadelphia's six yard line and come away with zero points. Mm-hmm. That can't happen. And then one of those instances, you just go backwards. Yes. You're in reverse instead of hitting drive and going forward and scoring a touchdown. Right. You, you love to get close. If you're a dude looking for a date and she looks like Halle Berry. That doesn't work at the Dallas Cowboys. Nah. Time to take down a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. By the Eagles, always in good hands because Jalen Hurts did his thing being injured. And A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and that defense stepping up. By the way, this good hands moment of the week brought to you by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. And they jump on the football. The Dolphins jump on it, but the Chiefs are going to win this game. Brian Cook on a blitz, forcing a bad snap. We knew it was going to be a four-quarter game, but we're trying to stay disciplined, stay in field score, and we were able to get the win. And speaking of hard to kill, which is a terrible Steven Seagal movie, but definitely the title when it comes to a team like the Kansas City Chiefs here on Freddie and Harry. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Let you know. Let us know. Who made the biggest statement in your mind from NFL Sunday over the weekend? Let us know. 888 729 
That is Triple H say ESPN. Shannon Penn, why are you looking salty? Saltier. Why are you looking saltier? I mean, we, we're getting 1990 Kelly LeBrock. Like, I mean, granted, yeah. it's not weird science, <laughs> Kelly LeBrock, but still. Right. Yeah, Kelly LeBrock was terrific. That had nothing to do with her, her, her academics or her acting ability. But come on now. Has there ever been a really good Steven Seagal movie? Tell the truth. <laughs> Harry knows I'm not lying. Like, Bernie <laughs> Mac once said, you know I ain't lying. <laughs> as far as that goes. But the Kansas City Chiefs, if they started hard to kill, that would be a better movie. And the Miami Dolphins found out what the Cowboys found out versus the Philadelphia Eagles. They were getting the fool beaten out of them in the first half. 21 to nothing. That defense of Kansas City. Tyreek Hill said he was going to give them that work, Harry. I don't think he meant by turning over the football and having that fun return for a touchdown to make it 20 or nothing. That's not the kind of occupation you want to employ if you're Tyreek Hill. But then you have your chance. You oh. get it within 21 to 14. Kansas City making an awful, awful decision on third and one to try to get Travis Kelsey the ball and they're forced to punt it and having time not taking off the clock because they threw an, in- an incompletion. Then you get that chance and then the snap goes that way. That's not the kind of work that we've seen from Miami in terms of making those plays, Harry. Three times they've gone against big boy football. They are 0-3 trying to win those games against the Bills, then the Eagles, and the Chiefs on yesterday. Yeah, I think the mistakes that they made on Sunday is what really contributed to their loss, right? You go down 21-0. to Granted, Kansas City comes out there on fire. They go right down the field and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It, it, it happens. It happens to a lot of people. But you don't panic, right? But you have an opportunity um, on another drive on, on Kansas City's second touchdown, and you have a third-down situation, right? And the, right. they're man coverage. The linebacker has the running back. So you would think when the running back comes out of the backfield, you would follow the running back everywhere he's, he goes. No, that's not what the running back does. He stops and's pointing it for other people to pick him up. Mm-hmm. But you have a man coverage. That's how they got their second touchdown. And right before the halftime, they're, the, the Miami's going out to try to get some kind of points, right? right? And you get the ball to your best player, Tyreek Hill, and mm-hmm. a. Just a amazing play it was. by McDuffie, and then Mike Edwards picking it up, and then you know l- lateraling that that football to Cook and Cook turning on the Jets like he in a four by one relay. <laughs> you talk about the Giants, I mean the uh, the the, the, the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins four by one relay. Well, Cook said, "Hold the hell on, Tyreek Hill, uh, uh, put me on the relay team too. Put me in the holster. I'm waiting to get on it." And he's what they, they go down twenty one zero. But then after that though, mm-hmm. you have a third and ten. And Tua Tagovailoa, who's been amazing this season, missed a wide-open receiver for a touchdown to tie the game up. No, Just underthrew it. And then on fourth and ten, for that game to end like that on fourth and ten, Tua bobbling the snap, Miami shot themselves in the foot. I got to give their defense credit, though. Their defense played their tails off. Both defenses. The Kansas City Chiefs defense and also the Miami Dolphins defense. Those two units played – very, very well. The offenses for both of those teams didn't bring their, their A game in their best days. Well, you speak of the offense, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs quarterback, he says, we're going to get this figured out, and when we do. I think all you can do is keep working. Um, that, that's everything. It's me with timing. Um, it's them. Just continue to get catches as much as possible. Um, lucky for us, our defense is playing so good, so we're sitting here 7-2 and two going into the bye. We, we can get a lot better as an offense, and I think if the offense gets to where I think it can be, we'll be a hard team to beat. Now, our producer, Salty Shannon Penn, Harry, he brought this up before we got started today in terms of how much do the Kansas City Chiefs with their offensive struggles, how much do they miss a guy that's no longer helping Andy Reid call plays? He's doing that in Washington comes to Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy in charge of helping Andy Reid to call plays with this offense 
in Kansas City. He wondered how much do they really miss Eric Bieniemy, the way he was able to do that for Pat Mahomes and that offense in Kansas City. Well, you you miss Bieniemy a little bit, but I would also say you miss having dynamic playmakers and guys that you can count on outside of Travis Kelsey too, right? Tyreek Hill is no longer there. Juju Smith-Schuster, a lot of people, you know, poop on Juju and the way he plays the game, but he was a valuable weapon last year for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Outside of Travis Kelsey, he was a guy that Patrick Mahomes, Andy Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, when he was there, they could count on to make a play, right? right? Mm -hmm. And not worry about anything. So he's no longer there. So I think... When you look at this football team right now, they're going to have to lean on Isaiah Pacheco a lot more, I believe, moving forward in that run game. And also Jarek McKinnon, utilizing him in the pass game more Mm. so than you probably did previously. And you did it previously a lot, in my opinion, last year. So incorporating him more into this offense in that screen game because we've seen what he can do in the open field. He scored a touchdown in this game to to put the Kansas City Chiefs up uh, 14-0. but it's going, in my eyes, for the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward, mm-hmm. this young receiver group, these guys are going to have to continue to step up, man. They, they're going to have to make plays because you don't want to get into a position to where you're in a playoff game. Exactly. And you feel like you can't count on these guys. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Miami, Mike McDaniel, head coach, 0-3 in big boy football. What you got to say? We're, we're all very aware. And we knew going into the game uh-huh. uh, that, you know, if we're going to lose, what, yeah. what the narrative would be. Uh-huh. And that's fair. Sure. We shouldn't feel entitled okay. to high opinions right. from the masses. True. As long as you continue to get better, okay. ultimately, that narrative will s- subside. But that's sure. on us collectively uh-huh. um, from coaches and players alike. Right. If you want the narrative to change, mm-hmm. um, change the narrative. I believe the Cowboys and Dolphins could benefit from losing yesterday. Miami did not get blown out this time playing big boy football. The Cowboys have to believe, Harry, after leaving that game versus Philadelphia, that the better team did not win that football game. But the biggest lesson that both of these two should learn, and remember I said this, not if, when we get a Super Bowl rematch involving Kansas City and Philadelphia, remember November 5th when two teams had a chance and did not kill the Kings of the AFC in Kansas City and the NFC in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's a good point, Freddie. I will also say this. When the Kansas City Chiefs were defending a Tyreek Hill, they were physical in that ballgame, right? Yes, they were. They tried their best to, you know, try to negate a lot of things at the line of scrimmage. But also Miami's third down, first third down they converted, came at the 630 mark in the third quarter. They have to be better on third downs moving forward, too, against the upper echelon teams. We'll see if they've learned that lesson because class is still going to be in session for the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys. Great stuff from my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. 20 minutes away from hearing why Joe Burrow, Bengals quarterback, said... Really happy with how we played the last couple of weeks. we got to keep it going. Uh, you know, we were 1-0 this week. we got to be 1-0 next week, too. This week means nothing. Uh, we'll come in tomorrow, watch the tape, lift, go about our business. I'm going to go from there. And why that should scare everybody in the AFC. That comes your way in about 20 minutes. But meanwhile, in New York, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones out for the season. Do they turn ACL? He suffered in yesterday's loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to tell you why this equals what the Giants should do now for the future. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining us in the Red Gate Monday edition 
of Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. On ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80, and I always tell you, smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. People weighing in on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and H. Douglas 83. Biggest statement that was made from this NFL Sunday, Andre Mumford said that C.J. Stroud of Houston Texans, oh, he's Hemothy. The Texans are a young team, but getting better every week. They are coming on strong. Five touchdowns, 470 yards, 30-42, 147.8 passer rating, and zero interceptions, including the game winner, Harry, that he threw to call it a comeback, even though he has not been here for years as they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. C.J. Stroud, that boy bad. I can't wait to Thursday. <laughs> well, right. I got something brewing for C.J. Stroud. <laughs> he was that guy at Ohio State University. Uh-huh. I know a lot of people tried to say Will Levis was a better great than C.J. Stroud, but it's hard for me to think about that right. when I'm at the college football playoffs and he's going against the University of Georgia uh-huh. and that top defense and all those players that they had, and he's carving them up left and right. And not only in that matchup, but his entire career. But he is displaying right now, Mm -hmm. and he's letting a lot of teams know right now, hey, when you have a guy that has the film and the stuff on tape, make sure you pay attention to the stuff on tape. And I know he went second overall, but it's just all the buildup up until the draft. Should he go second? Should he go second? Mm -hmm. He he should have gone first. (laughs) (laughs) Step to the front of the line. (laughs) C.J. Stroud, when it comes to that. Even Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, weighed in. He hit me up by saying, yes, they proved this. The Baltimore Ravens are the team to beat. That's the team that made the biggest statement. Who made the biggest statement in your mind this weekend in the NFL? Let us know right now. Triple H say ESPN 888-729-3776. As a matter of fact, in 30 minutes, we'll discuss that. Are the Baltimore Ravens the team? That's the best team in the NFL. That comes to you in 30 minutes here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. But in New York, I'm almost compelled to call in one of our producers who's Charmaine Nameless, Devin King. Just like Shannon Penn, one of our other producers. Uh-oh. They're usually salty that the New York Giants 2023 season, after 2022, ended in a playoff season. Ended it with a win in the playoffs. Then things not go against the Philadelphia Eagles, but you're thinking, we're building. We're going to be building next year. Daniel Jones, now Devin Kane, a torn ACL. The coach, Brian Dable, confirmed this on Monday. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Devin, this is all the makings that if I'm the New York Giants, if you're not drafting a quarterback next year in the first three rounds, then what are you doing if All you're the right, New York Giants? Okay. Blow it up, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to tank. <laughs> no, what did you call before the show got started? The Tankathon? Yeah, we're t- it's Tankathon. That's that's actual like that's an actual website that tracks the worst teams in the NFL. So we're sitting we're sitting number four in the draft order right now. Uh huh. We're gonna lose to the Cowboys next yes. week, obviously. Uh-huh. Then the biggest matchup of the season. The two and seven Giants taking on the two and seven Patriots. Ooh. Gonna need the Patriots to win that one. Ooh. Toilet bowl, huh? Oh, completely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, winner gets Drano. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I will say this. I will say this. If you're the New York Giants, um, all any of the executives, including the owner, you have to take a quarterback in this year's draft, right? You have to be in a position. I would never think like this as a player, but as an executive, you have to think about your future. And we know, and I hope Daniel Jones is going to be okay. I hope he has a speedy recovery, but Daniel Jones is not the answer. I'm just going to flat out say it. He's not the answer for the New York Giants and this team moving forward. So you have to put yourself in a position to be able to get what you think could be a franchise changer. Right now, Mm -hmm. I think, 
that's either Caleb Williams, that's Drake May, and I'm going to go with a dual-threat quarterback because of okay. what that offensive line isn't at the moment. Okay. You also have a guy, Jaden Daniels, at LSU, who's going to be in this draft, J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, who's playing very, very well, Bo Nix at Oregon, he's playing excellent football at the moment, Michael Pratt at Tulane, Jordan Travis, Michael Penix. Michael Penix is, is more elusive than people give him credit for. He's just so dang on good from the pocket. People think that he's not super athletic, but he right. really is, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. you have a laundry list of guys that you can take from rounds one, and I would say to round two or three, right. to be your franchise quarterback moving forward. I would not use an injury as a reason why you shouldn't do things because no one thought, no one ever plans for injuries. You don't have that as your mindset. Yep. That you're going to go into a season that guys are going to get injured. You can think it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. You just know, don't know who it's going to happen to. But if you're the New York Giants, you told everybody who was somebody, we're going to make sure that Daniel Jones gets over $82 million in guaranteed money for 2023 and 2024. And we're telling everybody we're going to have the offense revolve around him. We can talk about offensive line issues. We can talk about not giving Saquon Barkley the money that he deserved. We can talk about the guys they thought were going to step up, have not been able to, whether it was free agency and Darren Waller to tight end or drafting Jalen Hyde out of Tennessee in the draft. But he was not able to step up when guys were fully healthy. When you commit that kind of money to Daniel Jones, you're letting everybody know that this is going to be his team. We have more faith in him than the guy who actually carried your football team when it came to Saquon Barkley. Now you have this. And believe me, we already heard from Brian Dayball and seen from Brian Dayball at times how frustrated he was with Daniel Jones not being the kind of quarterback that he thought he was getting, holding on to the football too long, missing receivers, not making the right reads. We've seen evidence of that. We saw evidence of that before last year. So when you commit that kind of money, you can't keep a mistake in the building if you believe that guy's now a mistake at quarterback when it comes to Daniel Jones. And I would say you bring up the word mistake. Another mistake was not giving Saquon Barkley that money because now you're in a situation, and if I'm looking at it, right, mm-hmm. Saquon, when he's been out there, he's yeah. been doing his job when he's been out there. So now I'm saying if I'm the front office of the New York Giants, I need Saquon Barkley here for whoever we draft to take some of the pressure off of that young cat as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if I can just let Saquon Barkley walk away or just franchise tag him. I would want Saquon Barkley to be here for the next three or four years to align with that young quarterback's contract. You look at Saquon Barkley yesterday. By the way, he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. With all those guys with lack of talent around him, and everybody's keying on a Saquon Barkley. He still had 16 carries for 90 yards, averaging 5.6 yards a carry. Even with all that mess around him, and Tommy DeVito is now your quarterback, or maybe one of the three or four quarterbacks you might play the rest of the year going forward. Even with all that mess, all that garbage around him, he still had 16 carries for 90 yards. I know he wasn't playing a world-beater defense in the Las Vegas Raiders, but they knew that was the only guy they had to worry about. And he's still produced. If that doesn't tell you exactly why you need a quarterback with Saquon Barkley, then you know, if you're the New York Giants, you should let him go. Because you don't appreciate him. Let that guy go somewhere else. Let him be Christian McCaffrey. After he left the Carolina Panthers, he went to the 49ers, they traded for him, and he said, oh... This is what this looks like. A real NFL team. I got a real NFL offense. This is what the pearly gates exactly. look like and feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to being part of the 99 percenters, not part of the one percenters. 
Do that for Saquon Barkley, New York, if you're not going to give him the contract that he deserves. If you're going to franchise tag that franchise tag that guy, then move on from him, start all over, get draft picks, let him know what it's like to actually be on a football team where he goes on a football field and he actually has a chance to believe he can win games, get to the playoffs, and win games when he gets there. That's the well, kind of value he has. Well, here's the sad part, Freddie. They should have recognized that in 2022 because when they were winning and they made the playoffs, see, the opposing team, they understood that Saquon Barkley had to be stopped and they still couldn't do it. To the to the level that they probably wanted. Now late in the season it started getting a little better for the opposing team defenses, but uh-huh. especially early on and a little bit past the midway mark, Saquon yeah. Barkley was doing his thing, and he's not just a running back; he's a receiver out of the backfield as well. Mm-hmm. So now you have to defend him a little differently, more so than you would a what a old fashioned type running back. No doubt about that. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Who made the biggest statement? We deemed Week Nine in the NFL. Statement Sunday. In your mind, who made the biggest statement on that Sunday? It's time to hear from you at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Dana in Richmond, who made the biggest statement and why in the NFL on Sunday? What's good, high sauce Friday HD. What's good on this, this Monday? <laughs> Reggae Monday is good. Reggae not Monday, a, Reggae baby. Monday, not a your party. Soldier, <laughs> <laughs> dreadlock Dana. <laughs> dreadlock man, yes man. <laughs> hey, look, I'm gonna I'm go back on this one because I was kind of surprised. I, I, you know, I got the NFL package, so I get to watch who I get. I want to watch, and I, for some reason, I always like to watch them Texans. For some reason, they just a scrappy group. And when I was watching that boy CJ, man, if he ain't the new coming to Warren Moon, man, the mechanics, the way he's standing in the pocket, the way he put the spin on the ball, I'm looking. I'm like, man, he remind me of Warren Moon. I was trying to trying to think of, you know, what quarterback I could put him in, a, and it kept coming up Warren Moon, Warren Moon. Hey, man, that young brother, he for real. He's for real. Yeah, Dana, I'll tell you, man, I'm I'm going through some of my notes that I wrote down from this football game. And when you look at a guy like C.J. Stroud, for me, it's the composure, right? Always having Mm -hmm. that composure within the pocket, never getting antsy, always keeping his eyes downfield. But the way he throws the deep ball, the way he throws in the middle of the football field, the short passes, the screen, it's all touch, ball placement, accuracy. C.J. Stroud is a phenomenal talent. And the Houston Texans – hit a home run when they drafted him second overall. Yeah. Uh, so, so much in a home run that now your franchise can evolve. Now your yep. franchise can move forward. And we're already seeing it in year one of D'Amico Ryans. Yep. Uh, Ryans being the head coach in year one, C.J. Stroud being the quarterback for this organization. But I like what's in store for this team. And a big, large part of it is because of C.J. Stroud at the quarterback position doing his job, but also being mm-hmm. a young player, being a rookie, mm-hmm. and gaining the trust of his teammates. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first things he, he he made sure he did when he got there was gaining the trust. He has the guys over to his house to watch things, to eat, right. or whatnot. So not only is he phenomenal on the football field, he's phenomenal off of the football field. And he's gained the trust of all his teammates, coaches in the front office as well. Yeah, real quick. He doesn't spin the ball. He snaps that ball. Yeah. You always hear, boy, he can spin it. No, he can snap it. And the ball does not stay in the air long where you can get a chance to get a read on it and think you can make a play. He's been able to do that that quickly this soon with a Houston Texans team that people think they're going to win three or four games. They're already past that mark. 
because C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan, like you mentioned, head coach, they have brought that culture, and that culture is winning everybody over, not just inside Houston. Keep weighing in. We keep taking a list of what you have to say. Who made the biggest statement on NFL Sunday when it comes to NFL Week 9? Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. You're here with the Bengals on the AFC now. Thanks to you know who being his Joe Cool self once again. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It is the Reggae Monday edition of Freddie and Harry. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You're going to hear why Joe Burrow said last night's win over the Buffalo Bills at the hands of Cincinnati Bengals means absolutely nothing. We'll get to that after we hear from you because your thoughts always mean something. We want to hear, we deemed week nine statement Sunday in the NFL. In your opinion, who made the biggest statement on that Sunday? Join the Freddie and Harry family hotline at 888-729-3776 and let us know what was what. Ruben in Wisconsin, what team or what person made the biggest statement on NFL Sunday? Uh, them boys from the 2-1-4. Dallas Cowboys did. Now, the only thing they lost was the final score. They left so many points out on the field. They were killing that defense. Jack threw a couple balls that that a little bit overthrown, but but um, you know the the receivers did a great job. Um, the defense was was held. What's his name in check here, Jalen? So uh, I think later on down the road, you know, we're only what eight weeks into the season. When they go to Dallas, come over here to play. Um, you know that they should be good. I think uh, they put the whole NFC on notice. Jack's, uh, is, you know, he played pretty good, no interceptions, so. I think even McCarthy knows that we should have won that game. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know they should have won the football game, but you actually got to go out there and do it. Um, I understand from the Cowboys' standpoint, I thought they were the better team last night. I thought the better team did not win yesterday. But they came up short. So now the next thing is, and those receivers, we got to remember, there were a lot of drops last night too for Dallas Cowboys. That's one of the things I think that's getting covered up a lot all the drop balls that we seen last night because of a lot of things that transpired within that football game. And I would say this, I, I want to know outside of CD lamb mm-hmm. and Ferguson, who is going to be that next person? It's got to be the Dallas Cowboys up. And, 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 and I don't know why Mike McCarthy continues to try to make Michael Gallup that guy. Hey, he caught two passes, almost wet in my pants. Yes, <laughs> but he, he dropped a big one, too. I know. <laughs> like you, and I put my pants back on. <laughs> hey, yo! <laughs> Pause. <laughs> oh, man. I tried to stop myself, but I really couldn't. <laughs> I really did but, try to stop myself. But, I mean, I, I understand, right? Dak played very, very well, right? It, mm. But at the end of the day... You can't say if Cowboys made a statement, yeah. except the final score. Well, damn, the final score is what matters the most at yeah. the end of the day. Uh, we yeah. know 
that the Dallas Cowboys can play with the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. I, I, I never questioned that. For me, it's about the moments, right? Yeah, you got to make sure those it, moments work. Exactly. Can you be excellent on fourth down when you got to score that touchdown? Yeah. Can you score at the end when you get in the red zone? You had the ball twice mm-hmm. at the Eagles six-yard line and the Eagles seven-yard line. You came yeah. away with zero points. Yeah, and you got to have location awareness. You can't step out of bounds on a two-point conversion, and you got to yep. get into the end zone and not get stopped short when you have a chance in that fourth and goal to make some points, get six points, and not have any points not on your ledger. Adam in Illinois, we deem Week 9 the NFL Statement Sunday. Who made the biggest statement on that Sunday? Hey, guys. Love the show. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I think the biggest impact this week had to be Cincinnati, honestly. Uh, playing a tough Bills team, even though Josh Allen at times seems to be kind of hit or miss. Uh, Joe Burrow looked great in the pocket, had great protection, no turnovers. Uh, they've just got so many weapons. I feel like as far as the AFC goes, like these are the guys to look out for. You've got T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. They barely even used Jamar Chase in this game and uh, handled their business pretty effectively. So looking ahead, I'm, they've got, I believe, the Ravens in two weeks. That yep. might be probably, probably their toughest matchup coming up. But if they can handle that, I mean, these, gotta, these guys got to be something you got to look out for. You mentioned Joe Burrow. He threw for 348 yards, two touchdowns. The defense was terrific. The Buffalo Bills did not back off, but they still lost that game 24-18. to 18. But, yeah, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, not impressed. Really happy with how we played the last couple of weeks. we got to keep it going. Uh, you know, we were 1-0 this week. we got to be 1-0 next week, too. This week means nothing. Uh, we'll come in tomorrow, watch the tape, lift, go about our business, and um, we'll go from there. In essence, he's saying, hey, guys, we know we're back. We believe we're back, but we can't just settle. We can't just sit back and think everybody's going to say, look out for the Bengals. We got to make them pay attention. But more importantly, we got to continue to pay attention to detail in this locker room. 100%. And let me say this about Joe Burrow. He is the best in the National Football League playing from the pocket. He is the best in the National Football League maneuvering the pocket. There's no one in this game right now that I can sit up here and say that's better than Joe Burrow because he doesn't get antsy. He doesn't get happy feet. He understands where the pressure is coming from. He feels it, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just a feel, like a punt returner. You can't see people coming at you, but you got to be able to feel when people are around you. Joe Burrow does a hell of a job of that, and he's more athletic than people give him credit for. He continuously picks up first down at the first down utilizing his his legs but yesterday him and the relationship between him and T Higgins really came to light I thought yesterday because Jamar Chase was taken away but T Higgins won his one-on-one matchups and Joe Burrow didn't hesitate throwing that football to him he got him the football when he needed it and T Higgins showed up the tight ends that we've been talking about that's been non-existent for this football team well all three of those guys last night combined 10 receptions 101 yards two touchdowns they had a big fourth and one conversion to Jamar Chase Mm -hmm. that defense came up with two takeaways Cam um uh, Taylor Britt came up with an interception in cover two. Also, you know, Dalton Kincaid Geronimo got a helicopter. Pratt. Yeah, oh, Geronimo yeah. Primary, fantastic punching that ball out. Yep, so that defense is playing excellent right now. I love where this team is, and watch out, people. They're coming. Yeah, they're here. They're, you know, they've arrived. Between that team, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, it's those three that have separated themselves from the rest of the AFC. That's not sliding Miami or Buffalo, but anybody else that's a contender – you're looking up at those three teams who have separated themselves when it comes to the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. And speaking of the Ravens, are they the best in not just the AFC, but in the NFL right now? That's next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. 
You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.